Introduction to the Acts of Paul and Thecla from the Apocryphal Acts of Paul, Peter, John, Andrew, and Thomas by Bernard Pick. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Acts of Paul, Part A, The Acts of Paul and Thecla one of the oldest and most interesting relics of the extant new testament apocrypha is the acts of st paul and thecla they were first edited by graba in his spiculegium oxford sixteen ninety eight again by tischendorf in his acta apocrypha leipzig eighteen fifty one and more recently by lipsius who together with bonnet published a new edition of Acta Apostolorum Apocrypha, two volumes, 1891-1903. through 1903. Graba's text was published from a manuscript belonging to the 12th century. To the same time, the 10th through 13th centuries, the other manuscripts belong, and it is therefore difficult to say at what time the Acta Theclae were detached from the acta pauli but this must have been done long before the so-called decree of gelesios was issued in four ninety six which excludes from the list of scriptures received by the church the book which is called the acts of paul and thecla but we have yet earlier testimonies the earliest is that of tertullian in his treatise de baptismo chapter seventeen already alluded to it has been taken for granted that the meaning is that a presbyter of asia somewhat towards the end of the first century compiled a history of paul and thecla and instead of publishing it as a true narrative either in his own name or with any name at all but in good faith published it falsely and therefore wickedly under the name of paul as though he were himself the writer that he was convicted of his forgery and deposed from the priesthood this account has been marvelously dressed up and some of its advocates have ventured to say that a montanist writer of the name of lucius was the real author of these acts the next witness is jerome who in his catalogus scriptorum ecclesiasticorum written about the year three ninety two commenting upon the passage of tertullian says that the presbyter who wrote the history of paul and thecla was deposed for what he had done by john the apostle that jerome relied upon tertullian is evident from his statement but his conduct in fathering the story of the deposition by john upon tertullian is inexcusable because no such statement was made by tertullian tertullian speaks of an asiatic presbyter jerome adds apud johannem and his copyists instead of apud johannem write a johanne of eastern writers who were acquainted with our acts we mention basil bishop of seleucia from four thirty one through four sixty seven a d author of a life and miracles of saint thecla 
Nicetus of Paphlagonia, towards the end of the ninth century, and Simeon Metaphrastes in the tenth. The only writer who treats Thecla directly, and not by way of mere passing allusion, is Methodius, the author of Symposium Decem Virginum, written about A.D. 300. Into this symposium, or dialogue, ten virgins are introduced as contending in the presence of Areti concerning chastity. At the end of the dialogue, Thecla leads off a hymn, to which the rest, standing round in a chorus, respond, I keep myself pure for thee, O bridegroom, and, holding a lighted torch, I go to meet thee. In inviting Thecla to speak, Arete designates her a disciple of Paul. In her oration, she speaks of those who set little by wealth, distinction, race, or marriage, and are ready to yield their bodies to wild beasts and to the fire, because of their yearning and enthusiasm for the things that are in super-mundane places. After Gregorion had finished the address, Eubulios cannot suppress her admiration. She knows of other acts of Thecla, with which what they have just heard coincides. For she says, quote, I know her wisdom also for other noble actions, and what sort of things she succeeded in speaking, giving proof of supreme love to Christ, and how glorious she often appeared in meeting the chief conflicts of the martyrs, procuring for herself a zeal equal to her courage, and a strength of body equal to the wisdom of her counsels. After the last two virgins have finished speaking, Arete addresses them all, saying, quote, And having in my hearing sufficiently contended by words, I pronounce you all victors and crown you. But Thecla, with a larger and thicker chaplet, as the chief of you, and as having shown with greater luster than the rest. Close quote. From the later passage, we can infer how greatly esteemed Thecla was already in the third century. Allusions to her we find also in the writings of Gregory Nazianzen. In his first address against Julian the Apostate, he concluded a catalogue of apostles and disciples of the apostles with Thecla. He also speaks of her as a virgin who had escaped the tyranny of her betrothed husband, and her mother her escape with Paul's suffering hunger. Gregory of Nyssa speaks of her as Paul's virgin disciple, and he calls her a virgin martyr. Epiphanius puts Thecla by the side of Elias, John the Baptist, and the Virgin Mother, and praises her for sacrificing under Paul's teaching her prospects of a prosperous marriage. Chrysostom tells us how Thecla managed to see Paul. In his homily, book 25, he says, Hear then of the blessed Thecla, who for the sake of seeing Paul gave up her jewels, but thou wilt not give an obolus for the sake of seeing Christ. 
Isidore of Pelesium calls her proto-martyr, and John of Damascus, in an address on those who have died in the faith, says that one should pray to God not for his own soul alone, but also for that of others, as the proto-martyr Thecla had done. Zeno of Verona, of the fourth century, who joins her name with that of Daniel, Jonah, Peter, gives an account of the Thecla Antiochian martyrdom, as told in the Acts, giving, as it does, particulars of the bulls goaded to attack her, her perils from the seals, and the fiery cloud which covered her nakedness. Ambrose joins her name with that of Agnes, and with the virgin mother, Daniel, and John, as the Immaculatus Chorus Puritatis, and with Miriam, Moses' sister, and Sepulchius Severus, in his account of St. Martin of Tours, written about 403, narrates that Thecla, together with Agnes and Mary, often appeared unto him. Even Jerome, though, as we have seen, he rejects the written narrative of her life, asserts the traditional prevalence of her fame by adducing her as an example of saintliness. Churches were built in Thecla's honor. As early as 385 A.D., the Martyrium of Thecla, near Seleucia, was visited by Silvia of Aquitania, who, in her travels, gives a description of the locality with its monasteries and the church, which enclosed the Martyrium, and states that she prayed in the Monasterium, and read there the holy history of Thecla. From all indications, it may be inferred that the work was composed at least before A.D. 200, perhaps somewhere between 165 and 195, and most probably within a few years of the middle of that period. And this will hold good of the Acts of Paul in general. Though deeply tinged with encretism, and notwithstanding the author's deposition from his ministry, the history of Thecla was universally welcomed in Catholic circles, was frequently re-edited, and often used as a subject of homiletic discourse. An indication of the early origin of the Acts of Thecla is the absence of quotations from the New Testament. There is not a single direct citation, yet the student cannot fail to discover many instances in which the New Testament has been used. After these preliminary remarks, we now give the Acts of Paul and Thecla. The Greek text is found in Lipsius, Acta Apocrypha, the Coptic, as far as it goes, and its German translation, in Schmidt, Acta Pauli. End of Introduction to the Acts of Paul and Thecla